Welcome to the 3ABN Australia Radio Book Reading Program. The Desire of Ages, written by Ellen White, is an inspirational account of the life and ministry of Jesus. What you are about to hear is a dramatised audio version of this book, created by Nancy Hamilton Myers. To download your free copy, visit thedesireofagesproject.com. Listen now as Nancy continues to read from The Desire of Ages. The Desire of Ages, Chapter 34, The Invitation Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. These words of comfort were spoken to the multitude that followed Jesus. The Savior had said that only through himself could men receive a knowledge of God. He had spoken of his disciples as the ones to whom a knowledge of heavenly things had been given, but he left none to feel themselves shut out from his care and love. All who labor and are heavy laden may come unto him. Scribes and rabbis, with their punctilious attention to religious forms, had a sense of want that rites of penance could never satisfy. Publicans and sinners might pretend to be content with the sensual and earthly, but in their hearts were distrust and fear. Jesus looked upon the distressed and heart-burdened, those whose hopes were blighted and who with earthly joys were seeking to quiet the longing of the soul. And he invited all to find rest in him. Tenderly he bade the toiling people, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. In these words Christ is speaking to every human being. Whether they know it or not, all are weary and heavy laden. All are weighed down with burdens that only Christ can remove. The heaviest burden that we bear is the burden of sin. If we were left to bear this burden, it would crush us. But the sinless one has taken our place. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He has borne the burden of our guilt. He will take the load from our weary shoulders. He will give us rest. The burden of care and sorrow also he will bear. He invites us to cast all our care upon him, for he carries us upon his heart. The elder brother of our race is by the eternal throne. He looks upon every soul who is turning his face toward him as the Savior. He knows by experience what are the weaknesses of humanity, what are our wants, and where lies the strength of our temptations. For he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is watching over you, trembling child of God. Are you tempted? He will deliver. Are you weak? He will strengthen. Are you ignorant? He will enlighten. Are you wounded? He will heal. The Lord telleth the number of the stars, and yet he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Come unto me, is his invitation. Whatever your anxieties and trials, spread out your case before the Lord. Your spirit will be braced for endurance. The way will be opened for you to disentangle yourself from embarrassment and difficulty. 
the weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger you will become in his strength. The heavier your burdens, the more blessed the rest in casting them upon the burden bearer. The rest that Christ offers depends upon conditions, but these conditions are plainly specified. They are those with which all can comply. He tells us just how his rest is to be found. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. The yoke is an instrument of service. Cattle are yoked for labor, and the yoke is essential that they may labor effectually. By this illustration, Christ teaches us that we are called to service as long as life shall last. We are to take upon us his yoke, that we may be co-workers with him. The yoke that binds to service is the law of God. The great law of love revealed in Eden, proclaimed upon Sinai, and in the new covenant written in the heart, is that which binds the human worker to the will of God. If we were left to follow our own inclinations, to go just where our will would lead us, we should fall into Satan's ranks and become possessors of his attributes. Therefore God confines us to his will, which is high and noble and elevating. He desires that we shall patiently and wisely take up the duties of service, the yoke of service Christ himself has borne in humanity. He said, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Love for God, zeal for his glory, and love for fallen humanity brought Jesus to earth to suffer and to die. This was the controlling power of his life. This principle he bids us adopt. There are many whose hearts are aching under a load of care because they seek to reach the world standard. They have chosen its service, accepted its perplexities, adopted its customs. Thus their character is marred and their life made a weariness. In order to gratify ambition and worldly desires, they wound the conscience and bring upon themselves an additional burden of remorse. The continual worry is wearing out the life forces. Our Lord desires them to lay aside this yoke of bondage. He invites them to accept His yoke. He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He bids them seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And his promise is that all things needful to them for this life shall be added. Worry is blind and cannot discern the future. But Jesus sees the end from the beginning. In every difficulty, he has his way prepared to bring relief. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us, of which we know nothing those who accept the one principle of making the service and honor of God supreme will find perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. Learn of me, says Jesus, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. We are to enter the school of Christ to learn from him meekness and lowliness, Redemption is that process by which the soul is trained for heaven. This training means a knowledge of Christ. It means emancipation from ideas, habits and practices 
that had been gained in the school of the Prince of Darkness. The soul must be delivered from all that is opposed to loyalty to God. In the heart of Christ, where reigned perfect harmony with God, there was perfect peace. He was never elated by applause, nor dejected by censure or disappointment. Amid the greatest opposition and the most cruel treatment, he was still of good courage. But many who profess to be his followers have an anxious, troubled heart because they are afraid to trust themselves with God. They do not make a complete surrender to him, for they shrink from the consequences that such a surrender may involve. Unless they do make this surrender, they cannot find peace. It is the love of self that brings unrest. When we are born from above, the same mind will be in us that was in Jesus, the mind that led him to humble himself, that we might be saved. Then we shall not be seeking the highest place. We shall desire to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn of him. We shall understand that the value of our work does not consist in making a show and a noise in the world and in being active and zealous in our own strength. The value of our work is in proportion to the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Trust in God brings holier qualities of mind so that in patience we may possess our souls. The yoke is placed upon the oxen to aid them in drawing the load, to lighten the burden. So with the yoke of Christ, when our will is swallowed up in the will of God, and we use his gifts to bless others, we shall find life's burden light. He who walks in the way of God's commandments is walking in company with Christ, and in his love the heart is at rest. When Moses prayed, Show me now thy way, that I may know thee, the Lord answered him, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And through the prophets the message was given, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. And he says, Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Those who take Christ at his word and surrender their souls to his keeping, their lives to his ordering, will find peace and quietude. Nothing of the world can make them sad when Jesus makes them glad by his presence. In perfect acquiescence, there is perfect rest. The Lord says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Our lives may seem a tangle, but as we commit ourselves to the wise master worker, he will bring out the pattern of life and character that will be to his own glory, and that character which expresses the glory, the character of Christ, will be received into the paradise of God. A renovated race shall walk with him in white, for they are worthy. As through Jesus we enter into rest, heaven begins here. We respond to his invitation, come, learn of me, and in thus coming we begin the life eternal. Heaven is a ceaseless approaching to God through Christ. 
The longer we are in the heaven of bliss, the more and still more of His glory will be open to us. And the more we know of God, the more intense will be our happiness as we walk with Jesus in this life. We may be filled with His love, satisfied with His presence. All that human nature can bear, we may receive here. But what is this compared with the hereafter? There are they before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Join us next time as Nancy Hamilton Myers continues her dramatized audiobook, The Desire of Ages, written by Ellen G. White. This program has been brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.